0: Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is Thursday, January 26th, 2023, and this is episode 62. I'm your co-host Pete. With me as always is my good friend Howell. Hey, pal.
1: Can't go wrong with a Michael Scott intro.
0: (laughs) Berating Toby.
1: Uh, Would you like to explain why you played that today? Oh, i guess
0: yeah i played it because it, it it's i was trying to think about i was thinking about this yesterday because we were supposed to record yesterday but circumstances uh-huh. beyond our control um but anyway i was trying to we're th- very think busy about, people we're very busy people yes. uh we have, we have a lot of kids um mm-hmm. we're i was trying to think through there's got to be a clip out there that that really captures how i feel about some today's house republicans not all of them but just the ones that you probably you probably know what you're thinking of. And that's and what that it clip, is. And in in that, that clip, it's, you're, you're Michael. I'm Michael Scott to... talking to Toby, who is the House Republicans. OK. Right. Um, and the people, it. the people that Kevin McCarthy basically gave up all power as speaker of the House for. But whatever. I like it.
1: I like yeah. the well, I like the parallels. And we'll get into that somewhat in a bit. But, uh Yeah. Um, the Office is like a very popular show amongst um, the the young youngsters <laughs> these the days. Gen Z, I think so. I think it's yeah. they love they love it. It's like I don't know. I never made it through the all. The, I think I stopped watching maybe the season after Michael Scott left. Mm. So I don't think I ever finished the whole thing. Much like I never finished Thirty Rock.
0: Um,
1: I kind of feel I, I kind of feel a, a little incomplete.
0: Yeah, I didn't I finished The Office. I did I don't think I finished Thirty Rock either. Yeah, Office got a little interesting when they had to bring in a new person to sort of cover the Michael Scott void. Um and it got weird, but then it got good. It Ended well. I remember it ending well. But there was a I read today that the um they did um they ranked streaming shows and the most streamed shows and Stranger Things apparently blew everybody out of the water um but at the bottom of the list was office was the office with seinfeld uh mm-hmm. oh, was down there too i um, um yeah netflix appeared i think out of the 10 that were on the, of the top 10 i think like 6 of them were netflix on, well not netflix shows but on netflix
1: i was proud um the other week we when i was in a hotel room with with my daughter um she hey, was who? getting ready for her soccer game and you sick man. Um, <laughs> and while she was getting ready, I put on Seinfeld, and I think it was the Marine. But by- no, it was the one where George is a bad boy, and Elaine dances. Elaine <laughs> what? Dances at the oh, party. Dances, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I looked over, and Olivia was watching and laughing. And I I started to change the channel. She was like, "No, I want to watch that." She's like, what? The, what is this show? It's funny. I'm like, yes, there is. Yeah. There's still there's hope, hope for for our youngsters. Yet, it's this, not all
0: TikTok and YouTube Shorts. The future generations are not uh, are not lost. I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, How's everything with you? I know you you, you got a dr- new drum kit. Maybe I'm ru- ruining your what you're into already. That
0: is my what so, I'm into. Okay. We we'll get into that. Okay. Yes, I did get a new drum right. kit. We'll we'll talk about that. that okay. What we're into. All right.
1: Well, do you want to just jump into? Yeah. Uh, your, your disappointment, and uh, do a little bit of a <laughs> uh, a check in on the let's people's do house. The people's house. Let's the do a little house. check in. Let's do let's well, do a little check in.
0: At? Where do you want to start?
1: um let's see how about uh committee assignments
0: <sighs> yeah i mean the only big i mean what what's the really big news it's that um three of the conservatives who held up i think well i think it's three it might be just three anyway um three of the, three of the conservatives that uh, held up the speaker's vote to 15 votes are now on the house rules committee um, which was part one of the concessions that McCarthy gave to these guys. And the mm-hmm. Rules Committee basically determines how what they're going to proceed with, how they're going to proceed with it on the floor, what legislation. Um, so it is actually a pretty powerful committee because it really dictates the business uh, agenda for the House. Um, I know Chip Roy is one of the guys, Chip Roy from Texas. He's He'll be on there. I can't remember who else they put of those conservatives that they stuck on there, but I th- it was at least three. Um, So that's interesting. And then uh, McCarthy made good by kicking Eric Swalwell from California off Intel Committee. And Adam Schiff. And Adam Schiff. Uh, Swalwell is long overdue with his little um, Miss Fang Fang uh, um, (laughs) scandal (laughs) where he may or may not have been sleeping with a Chinese spy. Um, But um, yeah, I think Adam Schiff was... Not much. So it was, pre, was predictable, which made it kind of like whatever. Um, but Schiff's now running for Senate in California, he announced. I think it was today. It might have been yesterday. But um, he's going to be one of the several people trying to uh, what a, like hip check Dianne Feinstein out of her Senate seat, even though she hasn't even announced that she's retiring or running yet. She actually said today she's got she's going to wait probably the rest of the year before she makes an announcement anyway.
1: If well, she can remember.
0: If she can remember. I mean, she is 89 years old. Um, it, it just, it's crazy. And then the other big one, actually, uh, Debbie Stabenow out of Michigan. She is not going to be running for re-election to the Senate either. Um, and you're good. You're one of your favorites. Uh, Representative Slackin is throwing her... Uh, she's going to run for the
1: Senate?
0: She's going to run for the Senate. She's going to throw her hat She's in already rain. announced? Uh, I don't know if she's officially announced. She has basically said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it together, basically. I don't know if she's actually had an actual kickoff yet. Maybe she has. I can't remember. But she's. I don't know if that. I don't know if that makes her the front runner. I think it all depends on who else gets in. Um, mm-hmm. Republicans have not really. They've been asked, but I don't. I don't really know how who's going to try and run for that seat. Jim James, who just got elected to Congress, he actually ran for Senate twice before and lost both times, uh, but got elected to the House this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he might. He, there's there's uh, rumors that he might do it, but he just got elected to his House seat, so who knows. If that's what was going to turn out, um. So yeah, that's let me full ask effect. you
1: something. Um. So, I know. In the last Congress, <clears throat> the House, I think the House voted not to ha- to remove Gosar from his committee, and yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene.
0: Yes. And they're, and ba- now, they're now they're now they're back on their committees,
1: and there were some Republicans who voted to to uh, strip them of their committee assignments for yeah. inflammatory language towards colleagues. Essentially, right? Correct. That was essentially yeah. what it is. Is there other history of? I know Steve King had had his removed yep. previously for basically defending white nationalism. Um, Although, you know, if defending white national, or I'm sorry, was it white nationalism? Yeah, it was white nationalism. Um, Although if defending white nationalism got you kicked out of assignments, then half the people in like the 1950s probably would have been kicked out of assignments, but it's a new day. So I understand why he was, but prior to those individuals, were there, was there much removal from committees that had happened. Uh, the only reason I ask is because, you know, the the McCarthy stuff with, at least with Schiff, I, I can understand, you can make the argument for Swalwell, although I think the, the investigation never really turned up anything that he did. Um, Correct, yeah. Act, he, inapro- yeah. act inappropriately. Um, yeah. But Schiff, you know, seems to be purely a... Political payback for the you know what they deem a hit job on Trump. So sure. I'm just curious if um, you know what's the precedence for you know McCarthy says the the Democrats created a new precedent in when they removed Green and Gosar from their committees, but is there other? I don't know. I don't know if you know. Maybe I'm asking it. I don't, it I don't, don't know. know.
0: I mean, I'm. I, I can't. I have to imagine that in the history of the House of Representatives, people have been stripped of their committee assignments. Usually, it's done. I think usually, and i, I'm, I might be way off here. Um, I think usually it's done by the person's own party. Like you embarrassed us so bad, we're taking you off committee. Mm-hmm. Um, that has happened. I know that. Um, but having the Which is other, how it should be, sure. But having the other party, especially the party in majority, remove minority members—I, I, I don't know. I don't know how many times it's happened. Um, uh, I that's mean, a good question. To me, I'm going to write that it, down it, and
1: research it. Okay, thanks. To me, it just you know, it, it you know, well, first off, I know he had said Omar wasn't going to be seated on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Yeah. Um, and I think it—it's going to be a hard. It seems like it's going to be an uphill battle to get that passed, mm-hmm. um, based on some Republicans saying they wouldn't support that measure. Um, <clears throat> but he—I guess he has, since it's a select committee, um, he has the power to choose who sits on the intel intel committee. Is that correct? So yeah, there's no I vote mean, needed. Yeah yeah i I don't know it just seems it seems petty and especially yeah. Schiff
0: but that was i mean but that's part of the whole um agreement to become speakers. He had to do these well, things and well' I'm not i i don't doubt that it just yeah. seems petty yeah well, it's, it's a petty it, play by the it is the Republicans. I mean, it is but he's also keeping the promise that he made to the to the knuckle draggers in the party so <laughs> So if
1: you promise, you know, Nazis something, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give <laughs> it to not, them. Not,
0: they're not Nazis. I didn't
1: say that. I yeah. was just, I was using that as an example okay. of, you know, if you, if you make an agreement yeah. with, Easy uh, killer. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm not saying they're Nazis. I'm just using, <laughs> I'm just, I'm yeah, just taking the I'm, logic to its furthest conclusion of, To its most logical conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, this is what I'm talking- you know this is where it's like, yeah, I guess if he made that agreement, then he's got to yeah. do it, but it's he shouldn't have made the agreement in the first place. Um, should, but, correct,
0: correct, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree
1: okay, we agree on that, all right, so moving on from commit- i think other than that, um you know, those are the big stories with committee assignments, yeah um what else did we want to talk about uh you know it sound the the real quickly and I think you said you wanted to talk about it. No, mm-hmm. no, you want to talk about the debt ceiling. I do. But I, real quickly, <clears throat> I think one of the other promises he had made, which he may not be able to keep, is that he had promised a vote on a national, the the flat tax or the-
0: Yeah. Um, national AMI sales tax, basically.
1: National sales tax, 30%. Which Demo-
0: yeah, which the Democrats have already started a demagogue. They're like- they're like at a time when basically admitting finally admitting that inflation's really bad. They're like at a time when eggs are in shortage and costs all this money and gas prices are high and like, Oh, so you're admitting that now, um, leaving out the fact that the, the national sales tax or the flat tax would eliminate, you know, income tax. It would, in, it would el- eliminate multiple taxes, estate tax. Um, so it's a replacement. It's not an addition or, you know, which is oh fine. well, but
1: a flat thirty percent sales tax would definitely hit poor the poor. It would be a lot yeah. Harder than, I think it would. It would certainly than, be more of
0: a regressive tax than than. Yeah. Yes, I'm. I, yeah. I haven't read the plan in forever, so I don't even know if like if there's safeguards for that. There might be. Um, the last time I I think the last time who was the the Georgia congressman who was a huge proponent it's a Georgia
1: it's a Georgia baby. It's yeah, like, it, it was um,
0: that. God, what was his name? It was a. It always time. comes
1: back to Georgia on this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a longtime congressman from Georgia. He was the biggest proponent of the flat tax. Um, God, it's going to kill me. He hasn't been in Congress in forever. Um, it wasn't Bob Barr. It was uh, good-looking man. God, I love that mustache. Um, yeah. shoot! Just... Oh, I got to look it up. Okay. Well, flat while you're
1: looking it up, tax, Georgia, I, I'm just going to say. It's from, from what I've read, there are <clears throat> some moderate Republicans who are balking at the idea of a vote on it because, one, they know it'll never pass, and two, it could be a political albatross around a lot of their necks. Oh, nets. yeah. Um, and so McCarthy may not be able to keep that promise, uh, but I assume he could potentially blame the moderates if that were the case and say, my hands are tied here. I can't get the votes. So um, – but, you know, I do have I I'm sure whatever he chooses, it'll be look at looking out for his own hide first.
0: Oh, the fair tax. Yeah, it's Buddy Carter's bill. The fair it was it was originally called the fair tax. That was what it was called. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Buddy Carter reintroduced it. Uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a tax code replacement bill. I mean, that's kind of the big thing. But um, does he tell you who was your original Linder John Linder. God, there it is first introduced in in the U S Congress in 1999 by former Georgia Congressman, John Linder. I remember John Linder. God. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And it's funny that Buddy Carter from Georgia, and I think it's actually the same district that, but Linder represented is rehashing it. But Buddy Carter is one of the, one of the guys that was extracting concessions from McCarthy. So there you go. I mean, at least like Ralph Norman, uh, from South Carolina, um, fun fact i went to college with his son and daughter and his son-in-law mm-hmm. um and uh uh he at least was asking for a vote on term limits which you know i'm not i'm always hot and cold on term limits like i th- i definitely see um the good side of it but then there's certainly you know i see how term limits affect Especially state legislatures, the ones that have term limits, you know, the states that I work in the states that I work in, a couple of them have term limits. They and suck. They create well, they create like there's no knowledge anymore. There's no institutional yeah, right. knowledge whatsoever. And that's valuable. There should
1: be an there should be an age limit, is what it should be. Uh, when you get to be when you get to be as old so as, um <laughs> uh Chuck Grasserly or Diane Feinstein Feinstein, you should you should have to be, like it doesn't even have to be that low, like say like eighty is your, once you're at 80 you have to be out. But I like- mean if
0: if I think I th- I would at least say like you got to make some parity. So limit you limit you to two terms in the Senate which is 12 years and six terms in the House which is 12 years. Um but Ralph Norman's asking for three terms so 6 years. Um That's it's just short. I mean there's no there's no time to like if you want to go right. to Congress and actually accomplish something there's no real time to do it cuz You still have to climb the ladder somehow, yeah. You know that's how you become influential in policy, but, um, but at least I can get on board with something like that, like a term limit. Even though I think think there's a lot of,
1: I think there's a lot of appetite for for term limits. Yeah. Um, but you know they would essentially be voting to undercut themselves. To do that. So the likelihood of that happening is pretty low.
0: I mean, I would also like the idea of them finally opening, reopening the process. One of the things that I'm actually happy about is with the speakers, or at least one of the things I think that should happen uh, by weakening the the position of the speaker is allowing the amendment process to open back up again, because for damn near 10 years now no amendments have been offered on the floor of the house on any bill because they're all predetermined and pre-negotiated by the speaker and leadership in conjunction with the minority leader and all that um and even in a lot of cases the um the senate leadership too so Mm -hmm. i think we need to reopen the amendment process um for the love of god bring earmarks back somehow some way um i think you know the reason why tom delay was so effective um at his days is because he could hold lucrative projects over members heads like oh you want you want that bridge in your district to you want that road fixed well then you need to vote for this i mean that's i'm sorry it's it helps it's a way to have a check yeah. you know checks and balances on each other in the house and not let egos get too big the way that they are now for a lot of these members yeah um so
1: yeah, no, that's my two that's I, my two cents. I think I can support that. Um let's talk about the thing that might crash all of our four oh one K plans. <laughs> Yay. The the debt ceiling standoff. Or yeah. I guess well, isn't when is when is the debt I thought we've already reached our debt limit. So we, we ha- have to actually rate raise so, the debt ceiling.
0: So uh the treasury can take extraordinary measures to For how long uh it's several months or uh, i think um, i don't know several is the right word it's at least a few months they oh, can okay. they can re they can they can foot basically foot not fund to the numbers but they can move money around so that all of our bills get paid but that's that is a ticking clock mhm um the one thing that I just I mean, this was never a big issue when I was a House staffer or even a Senate staffer. At the end of the day, it was, you know, it was routine. It was routine under Trump. I mean, Trump asked for it and they did it multiple times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, But f- uh, to use it to use it as a. Game of chicken is dangerous because it's more dangerous to fall off the cliff than to rack up more debt. Mm hmm. I, I mean, agree. in the near term, it's
1: not conservative.
0: Yeah. Long term. Yeah. You don't want to keep on racking up $31 trillion right. in debt. Like, of course not. Mm-hmm. But in the near term, um, it's much more dangerous for the economy to play chicken with the debt ceiling than it is to keep on racking up more debt. And, uh, I don't know. I don't, I was listening to the, to New York times, the daily podcast, and they they did a, their reporter actually did a thing where he went back over the last 25 years to find out where who which party is responsible for all this debt because you 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 know mm-hmm. are the republicans hypocrites Are the democrats hypocrites and basically he, he of since 20 since 2000 we've added 24 or 25 25 trillion dollars to our debt to the debt mm-hmm. yeah the Republicans are responsible for 12 trillion and change and Democrats are responsible oh, ha- for half thir- and half are responsible for about 13, almost 14 trillion and change. Imagine that. Um, so they're both fucking idiots. Um, it's not just one or the other. Now, obviously, I mean, to preface, it's not that black and white. Obviously there's gray areas because, you know, some presidents inherited policies from previous mm-hmm. presidents, but uh, to the point of when Obama refused, he extended the Bush tax cuts, it was they. Were, it was a politically popular thing to keep the tax cuts permanent, so he just did it, and he didn't finance it with anything. He just financed it with debt, or didn't, cut, or didn't cut, uh, raise taxes to pay for it on other people, or you know whatever. Uh, he just financed it with debt. Um, so you know, and then also, even though we had well, lower, the really low spending in in, uh, in defense, September 11th happened. People needed a response, so we had to increase spending in defense, and we mm-hmm. created a whole new frickin' section of government called the Department of Homeland Security to make people feel safe, which I don't know if everybody really does that. Yeah. And, so,
1: and uh, the d- d- uh, Directorate of National Intelligence as well.
0: Right. So two, so, not only one, but two. So, two instead new... of, so instead of having like lines of communication between our intelligence agencies, we had to create one guy, mm. <laughs> but whatever it's not like the director of the CIA can't pick up the phone and call the NSA director and just say hey what are you hearing um apparently that's not a thing so um the uh <clears throat> Shit. what was i going to say i don't
1: know um we well, conti- continue about oh i was your... going oh, so oh no about sorry I, I remember so when obama when mm-hmm. they threatened was that did Ted Cruz lead that one? That, that so the big COA fight, the big fights were twenty eleven.
0: So the big fights were twenty eleven and twenty thirteen were the two big ones. Okay, um, well, one we of them led down.
1: to where what led to Obama agreeing to sequestration, yes. which is largely viewed as one of the reasons um, <clears throat> has really affected military funding mm-hmm. uh, and people do not want to agree to anything like that again. I don't understand exactly how, um, you know, it's, it's, you have to cut, every agency had to cut, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, what was it? 5% or whatever. Um, And I guess that hurts the military more than it hurts most agencies or whatever. Um, And obviously that, that wasn't felt for, or you didn't see that outcome Immediate in the immediate aftermath of the negotiations, but it just seems that, and maybe I'm wrong. It just seems that people end up blaming Republicans for this. So I don't yeah. know why they think it's a winning, winning. Like the solution is legislate and do and do it that way, rather than hold people hostage for things that have already been agreed upon.
0: Well, that's that. That's kind know. of the point that 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 I wanted to make too is that you don't use you don't extract short-term spending cuts to raise a debt ceiling you do it through your your constitutional duty to put mm-hmm. together a budget cuz the congress controls the budget if you really want to balance spend and you know in fairness there are guys rand paul has put together his own budget that that uh, balances every or would be balanced in 10 years in the 10 year budget window and actually create a surplus now great granted those the things that he cuts is, you know, is probably not gonna be very popular yeah. among a lot of people, but at least he puts forward a idea Paul Ryan did the same thing when he was budget chair. Um You know that's what they need to be doing. You need to be holding feet to the fire on some of these appropriations bills instead of letting them all lapse. And then you have to do a massive omnibus bill uh, at the end of the year that covers 12 or 13 um, appropriations bills all at once. And these are like Mm. 8,000 page bills that nobody's going to read and nobody knows what's going to be in it anyway. Um, So this goes back to allowing the appropriations committees to actually do their jobs, to pass their bills, um, allowing for amendments on the floor, um, and you know, if you're really serious about cutting spending, that's where you do it. And then mm-hmm. we, but we also on the flip side too, we also need the Democrats to stop demagoguing on the, uh, on the entitlement spending, like social security, Medicare, Medicaid, because there is legitimate cases to be made that if you do not try and figure out ways that we'll, especially on social security, which has become a, another, I've, I've been reading lately that that's popping up now. Um, mm-hmm if you don't do something to shore up social security, it will be completely bankrupt in the next 10 years. Um, yeah. It's already running. It's not, it's not like that, that program takes in more than it pays out. Uh, I think, I, well, it does, but I think it's actually not, not for much longer. I can't remember what the dates are. I used to know all that stuff because I used to work on social security um, issues, but I,
1: I, I will say that I think that is a hard one. It's hard not to say it's not the right thing to do, but it's a losing issue for republicans to talk about yeah. talk about even i mean bush was as close as they they've gotten in 20 years yeah. right um or probably in 50 years to to and i don't remember how how that bill failed but you know it was going to be like means adjusted i think Social security was that what it well he history? didn't
0: he didn't actually put forward a bill he put forward kind of a framework and he had obviously there was all these like blue ribbon panels that was like well sure would increase the age you know or have it be a band uh, it would be pri- you know personal accounts where you would have portions of your social security invested uh, in the markets um, you know and then right. my you know yeah. my, bo- my boss at the time Paul Ryan he had the main the main bill that we were you know that I worked on for him. With uh, Senator John Sununu from New Hampshire,
1: it's, I it's I think it's just it's one of those things that you just need Republican leadership, yeah, to kind of do what they did with Obamacare. Like Obamacare, they passed it, but there were a lot of Democrats who weren't happy. No, after that passed, well, and they, they, lost, the they lost, they lost, they lost the majority
0: right, because of it, right. But if
1: you really believe in it, you need, they need to push it through and not worry about, they need more people who are principled than than people like Kevin McCarthy who believe that this is how you're going to secure this important entitlement Mm -hmm. for years to come. Um, And it may cost me my, my position, but I believe in this and, and it's it takes a lot of political capital to address that, and I think Democrats know that, and they know that Republicans don't have the have the the political will at the moment to do that, and that's why they are able to demagogue. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but um, <clears throat> anyway, we, we're off track with the national debt. But yeah, I mean, I yeah. think there there are elements of doing the right thing in a lot of parts of what they're trying to do, but they're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. And I mean, I do feel like this is the crew that would make us default on a debt. Maybe it happens for two days mm. and the markets, you know, drop 15%. Um, But I think that if that happens, the Republicans are going to take all the blame.
0: Um, yeah, I think it will.
1: And, and so, you would probably see the party and the senate be like get this sh- get your act together and get this done um, but I, I don't know
0: i, I mean uh, what would be prefer- what would be preferable is that you know you get past this fight and then you like i said you go through the appropriations process properly and then if you don't get it done then you operate under a continuing resolution which is you operate on the budget from the year before yeah. mm-hmm. i mean and in a lot of senses that is a cut in spending Cause you're not, there's no, you know, adjustment for adjustment inflation. for inflation or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not a long-term solution, but at least you can claim that you can say, well, we didn't pass it, but we're going to operate under, we save 7% you know, f-
1: because in fiscal year,
0: 2023 is going to be operating under fiscal 2022 numbers. And that's actually saving money. Um, But uh, anyway, it, I just think it's funny that this, I, like this is the showdown and, not understanding that you know economists definitely think that long-term debt is a very bad thing but to default on our debt is way worse in the near term
1: well i mean and and that's the thing that gets me is that and this goes back to and i've said this before i think calling this group of people that are leading this conservative is completely wrong yeah because i agree A con- a true conservative believes if you owe a debt you pay that back yeah. no matter how hard how much it takes to pay the to work required to pay that back. And then you address the situation afterwards. It's you pay your obligations. It's to to willingly default on your debt is a radical approach. Yep. Um and so, you know, call them Republicans, call them radical Republicans, call them uh um revolutionary Republicans in a way. Uh but don't call them conservative, because I don't think right. they are. Uh so I don't know. I guess this will be something perhaps when we talk next, it'll be negotiations will have heated up. But yeah, um, I, I I actually have considered, like, do I need to move my 401k just to something more conservative for a couple months <laughs> just to, to weather Don't this, put it in uh, T-bills. <laughs> uh, I'll put it in the VIX. There you go. Um, that could shoot up 30%. I hear crypto's... And then I can uh, retire.
0: I hear crypto's pretty yeah. safe.
1: Well, NFTs, that's where I'm, I'm <laughs> going to buy a,
0: a steampunk. You need to buy NFT. You need to buy the Trump The Trump uh, cards. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, sold out go. in a day because <laughs> some moron thought that was a good idea. Um, yeah.
1: Well, anything else in the house you want to talk about? I think we yeah. kind of yeah, we've got it
0: covered it. Yeah, we got okay. it covered.
1: We'll be talking about the house, I think, a lot because they're the most entertaining
0: aspect mm-hmm. of government at the
1: moment. All right. Well, let's talk. We're at 30 minutes, so I don't know. We'll talk for 10, 15 minutes on it. maybe. Yeah. But maybe uh, if Let's we can do squeeze out that much. But um, I wanted to go back to our topic of the week section and talk about classified documents. Woo-hoo! Um It came out the other day that Mike Pence has now found some – some classified documents at, I believe it was his home um, following the revelation that Biden had documents, several documents stored at several different locations, Yep, um, which of course follows on the Trump uh, document scandal from last July. So uh, it, it just made me think about classified documents. I mean, did you deal with classified documents on the House much?
0: No, I had I when I worked in the Senate because my because when I went over for McCain, I had I had top secret clearance. I never used it, not once. I never looked at a top okay. secret document at all in my ever in my career on the Hill. Um mm-hmm. even though I was granted it when I worked for McCain because he was on Armed Services Committee. Um mm-hmm. But I had no reason. I mean, I was low man on the totem pole uh, on the defense and foreign policy team. Um, So I would have had no reason to look at a top secret document. And I don't even think we ever had it in our office if we did. I think if you did, they were always over at intel committee. I think maybe maybe they showed up at armed services under lock and key. I I don't know. But no, I never personally ever handled a top secret document ever. And then I moved over to domestic policy anyway, so I wouldn't have had a reason to.
1: Um. Well, I think one thing that kind of gets lost in the conversation that I've noticed is, you know, this term term classified documents. Mm-hmm. But what people should know is that, you know, all classified are not created equal, right? Right. Um. So, you know, in addition to kind of the for office use only uh, type you know, unclassified where it's, it's, it's like a level of classification just to say, you know, this is not sensitive, but you know, you shouldn't really be sharing this beyond this. You know, there's, there's three different levels of, of classified documents. There's confidential, there's secret, and then there's top secret. And one thing we don't really know about really any of the documents that have been found at any of these individuals is, you know, what level are they? I mean, I know we, we did, we did hear that um, Trump had some some fairly sensitive documents which i'll get into in a minute but but um you know <clears throat> the difference between a standard confidential document and the most top secret documents is quite a bit i mean confidential can be something as as kind of innocuous as you know the the secretary of state is planning a meeting with the the um the internal security minister of Nepal on May 11th, right? Or something. Whereas top secret can be uh, referred to specific sources and, and what they're giving America. So like the, and, and, and just, um, just to give you an idea of within top secret, You also have, uh, well, oftentimes as a part of Top Secret, it's not just Top Secret, it could be a member of a special access program, which they call SAPs, which are uh, kind of the next level. um, And you have to get read into these programs. There's sensitive compartmented information they call SCI. um, And stuff like that is, is often can only be read in in SCIFs, um, which are secure compartmented information facilities. Um, and then they have restricted. And so I think what is interesting to me is that, uh, we don't, we we don't know. I mean, I don't know what, I haven't heard anything about what Pence had taken, but I mean, if he had four confidential documents that referred to, you know, pretty bland, some somebody somebody might not e- might not even know that some of the if they just read the actual document, they might think, oh, this is not really that sensitive, and they yeah. just threw it in a box. Whereas, um, my understanding is, Trump had something that referred to a SAP uh of a, uh, with a foreign country and he took it cuz he thought it was interesting and liked it and thought it was his and then and then denied having it like that th- that's a lot those are, there's there's just a lot it's not everything's created equal and i i feel like every time they find something at one of these p- people's houses it's like oh it's the end of the world but let me just tell you real quickly um, the degrees of what they, of how they classify, or wh- why they call each one. Which so, class confidential is defined as information that would damage national security if publicly disclosed. Again, without the proper au- authorization. Examples include information related to military strength and weapons. Uh, secret information is classed secret when it is unauthorized disclosure would cause serious damage to national security. So literally the only difference between confidential and secret is the word serious (laughs) (laughs) and who determines who. So I've, I've, I, on my email, I had the ability to classify documents. So you're telling me as I'm sitting there in my office, sending an email about something I'm, I'm going to be 100% accurate when I determine that it is serious versus just regular damage to national security. No. And 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 there's a thousand people who do the same thing where they're just kind of just guessing about what the level <laughs> yeah. of classification is. And then the la- top she- top secret shall be applied to information the unauthorized disclosure of which reasonably could be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to the national security of the United
0: States. So, so it went from serious to grave damage. No, Basically. we went
1: from we went from damage,
0: damage to, to serious damage. To, to, to grave
1: exceptionally gra- exceptionally <laughs> grave. So clearly clearly
0: this seem arbitrary me. to me.
1: Uh, Yes. You're onto something there. So I don't know. I've said a lot. I I will shut up for a second. No,
0: I just think, I mean, this is why I, on our, when we talked about the raid at Mar-a-Lago and I said, this better be some seriously damning shit that they dig out of Trump's office at Mar-a-Lago. And this is why, because in the back of my head, I, I, I thought this, I may have even said it on that pod that I guarantee every president. And as we've come to find out this week, vice president has has must have something in their possession at their private home private office i i'm i'm sure of it every living president i'm sure of it they probably do um for this exact reason that you're pointing out that that is it's arbitrary that things are being deemed secret or classified that probably shouldn't be i mean so it's going to happen and all i think that's why you know Attorney General Garland got really kind of caught with his pants down when they discovered these things at uh, Biden's office at UPenn and then obviously in that at his house in, in Wilmington, Delaware. It's like, well, you know, nobody because nobody in the public is going to make the distinction because you can't tell them what the documents are. You can't tell them what they say because they're freaking classified. Mm-hmm. So every, the, the public is going to paint the whole thing with, a, with the same brush. Mm-hmm. And clearly... But what Biden did is just as bad as Trump is just as bad as Pence mm-hmm. is just as bad as Obama, just as bad as Bush, whatever, just as bad as Cheney. Um, if they all had something. So that's, I mean, that's why I said, I mean, I said on that pod months ago that, you know, Garland better, you know, he better, he better found exactly what he wanted and they got to make it public now. And of course, none of that stuff happened. And then this happens. And now it totally down. If, if the, if, the Democrats were able to find something big or the, or the department of justice was able to find something big on what was at Mar-a-Lago. It's not going to matter anymore. Now it, I mean, it, it's completely diminished um, by the narrative, at least not necessarily by the content of whatever those documents are. Um, right.
1: Because, but, because the general public cannot discern any difference. Between exactly. They, the, um, the documents. And again, we've stated on this before it's, there's differences in the way, you know. I think ultimately the problem with the Trump situation is he essentially denied, obstructed, right, the right. effort to get the documents back. Yeah. Um, but
0: he said, "I, I can deem them. De- I can deem right. them declassified, like that shit." Yeah.
1: Right, which is you know not true, especially. Uh, yeah. But again. I think he said by virtue of the fact to... that
0: – I think he said by virtue of the fact that he removed them from the White House, they were declassified <laughs> or something like that. That sounds
1: like him. <laughs> uh, but at some point, it switches from simple legal matter to a political matter, as you stated. Right. And, and, um, <clears throat> and once it gets into that political realm, that's when it gets sticky and the waters get muddied and people yeah. can't – Determine the truth, and I think, as you said last time, and I hadn't thought of it before you raised it really, is that uh, the likelihood of a prosecution now um, for that activity is lessened. Oh, yeah. I still don't know if it's not going to happen, but it's definitely less likely, and I understand why, because it becomes – it goes from merely a law enforcement activity to a political right arena, and then it just gets – um a lot more complicated. Yeah. There's, Um, there's
0: no way to win any type of argument because of that now, because it does become purely a political argument. Um, yeah. So there's no, I mean, the DOJ loses, which means Biden loses, you know, if they, if they pursue it too hard or pursue Trump too hard, you know, DOJ's hands are tied behind their back because now they've got to give equal time to whatever Biden had in his offices at his home and, and at UPenn. Um, But, I mean, I will say, like, at the end of the day, it's certainly if you want to just look at the optics, I mean, Biden's people handled it better. They said, yeah, you need to go to Wilmington and be there all day long. And, you know, whereas, unfortunately, multiple dozens of FBI agents had to descend on Mar-a-Lago. But, again, that was six months ago. And the Biden, you know, FBI being at or Department of Justice being at at Biden's house was last week. So... Mm -hmm what's more fresh in your mind as a, as just a, you know, a casual consumer of political news. Um, it's going to be the Biden thing. So, uh, so
1: as a, a, by way of, or for context, (laughs) and this is a, a hypothetical, but something like this most definitely happened when I worked in government is people Always were covering their ass and classify over classifying their emails for because what you know if it's classified then <clears throat> to be to become public it has to either be officially it has to either be leaked or be officially declassified and at some point most things will expire their classification will expire I believe it's twenty five years <clears throat> but I definitely was on. Um, party invites that were classified amongst uh you know co-workers um
0: like you know, e- like evites know. and paperless posts
1: <laughs> well i mean they were internal <laughs> government emails but, yeah, yeah, yeah. um but like yeah just like you know
0: <laughs> that's really funny and I,
1: I, and you know people would make the argument that well you know a list of of government officers would you know their their names would be yeah um would be potentially cause damage to the national security and I'm, and you know, whatever, I don't necessarily agree, but like, um, if, if there's one thing that may come of this, it's, I hope they, that people take a look at, at the overclassification problem within government where everything is essentially, you know, the default is to overclassify, um, and not really think critically about what you're you're about to send, and whether or not it becomes it's it, it causes damage, serious damage, or exceptionally yeah. grave damage, or no damage. Um, you know, I don't know how you. I don't have the solution here, which I know people come to our podcast for solutions to all the problems. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, that's why hopefully, if some we can we can do something about the overclassification problem. So. Um that's all i gotta say about classified materials I like uh, if you have any questions um you know i've you can shoot' them to pete he's uh you
0: he's can slide into Hal's d m s
1: yeah but, <coughs> so anyway, anything else you wanna say about uh who who's who will we find documents from next? I'm waiting for Obama to release uh some um uh, i
0: mean i don't see i don't i blame see staffers how- by the way, yeah. Uh, it is yeah. staffers. I mean, it is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Um, you know, I think you I mean, I think you're right and I was just thinking in my head. I was like, "Yeah, well, this is great because we're going to, you know, whether it's Biden or whoever is elected president next, they're going to create this commission to study to study just this, to rewrite the regs on how to classify information. And there's going to be somebody out there who's like, "Oh, look, see he's trying to they're trying to hide something." Like there's going to be conspiracy <laughs> theorists that are going to think that it's just one big conspiracy to to hide more information by changing what gets classified as top secret versus yeah, not top well, secret and it's going to be a headache but you um, heard it you heard it here first politics and bros but if, I mean uh, the human, but you're right. The human nature aspect of it is really is you're you're right though, because people do want to cover their ass. They don't want to get caught with their pants down, so they, of course, they they do it because they can, and it's 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 not that much of a burden on them to to click that little button at the top of their email, yeah. and and they don't won't have to worry about it going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no there's no consequences to right like over classifying
1: something. Yeah. Um. So, we're a little bit inside baseball, but I like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So did you, did you have that option in Congress to classify? Is I think Cong- you- can Congress classify, or is it only executive branch that uh, can classify materials?
0: Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I think communications between congressional oversight committees and the executive, they do like Intel committee, foreign affairs committee, um, probably armed services as well. Um, you know, Paul Ryan actually, I mean, he went on uh, Jake Tapper show, uh, week or so ago to kind of talk about a lot of this stuff and Paul was saying like the classified documents never left my office I never took them home if I was going to read them he's like I went down to Intel committee to their secure room and I read it there and I left it there under lock and key He's like, if a staffer had to be with me, you know, it was like the chain briefcase to their freaking wrist kind of scenario. He's like, but he's like, I never removed anything out of that thing. I never put it in my own personal folders or briefcases or he's like, and that should just kind of be the way that everybody operates anyway, you know, regardless of what that intel is, if it's it's earth shattering, if it's serious or grave or whatever, um, causes damage, serious damage or grave damage. Um,
1: the other is just use a freaking iPad. Yeah. Like, why do we need to have paper these days? Yeah. It's it's 2023, people. Stop so killing true. trees. <laughs> All right. Enough <laughs> classified talk. I love it. Um. Okay, I know you want to talk about what you're into, mm-hmm. but let me just go real. Quick, you should go, go first. Yeah. Are you gonna play us something? Anyway, I'll find out in a minute. Um. <laughs> I'm into ChatGPT. What? Are you not familiar with ChatGPT?
0: I don't know. Can I Google this right now?
1: This is the AI platform where you can tell it to do write something and it and it will write uh, it using AI and the internet. It'll write you anything you you ask. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, you can say, write a song, write a thousand-word song as if the Foo Fighters wrote it. And it would write <laughs> a song. Um, it would just write the lyrics. It wouldn't actually write the song. But it can be used, to, like, people are using it to write... Um, Computer code. Um, I, I, I was having fun with it, and I said, I said, um, I told it to describe the debate over the coronavirus vaccine as if Beavis it was a conversation between Beavis <laughs> and Butthead. <laughs>
0: Oh wait, is this a thing where people are like like college students are having them having this thing like yes. write their papers for them? Yeah. Um, oh, I think I, I don't know I know very that's yeah. that's the extent of what I know about this thing. So yeah wow.
1: So I it's pretty funny. I mean you can be like, you know, um, write tell me the story of the nineteen ninety-five Braves as if it was a Jane Eyre novel. And it'll write you it'll write you uh, it'll, it'll do it. Is there a website?
0: Incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, what, uh, what's the website? Just, I gotta do Google this. chat. GPT. Oh my God. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we should say, say there was say, something. Maybe we can have it, write our, our shows for us in the future. I know. Maybe seriously. write our scripts. Read script. That'd be amazing.
0: As, as Beavis and Butthead. Yes. Um, So I was one of the Sunday news shows I was watching like like 60 minutes or whatever. Um, So they're one of these AI programs can actually like. um, So let's say you are a graphics designer or you're like an ad person and you're like, Mm -hmm. I want a panda dancing with a polar bear, but styled as a uh, Van Gogh painting and it will do it. It will draw it for you. So it's created like this big oh. as I'm sh- as I'm sure it's probably doing for like writers and journalists and all that. It's created huge problems for like artists who mm-hmm. you could g- who you could uh, commission to paint such a thing, but mm-hmm. why would you do that when you could just have the computer do it for you? Yeah, um, why
1: would you? Oh, that's oh okay. Well, this is all clicking. I, I will say I will say the thing about ChatGPT is that um, they don't ever really. It doesn't like controversial things. It never really rules on them. It like yeah. Like I I wish I I, I wish I could read you the Beavis and ButtHead script about <laughs> about uh, what I I wrote. Oh I my god! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sorry, so scary. That buttersnuck button. But it was like you know, vaccine has I said vaccine hesitancy as if it was a conversation with Be- Beavis and ButtHead, and it kind of was like. It kind of landed in the middle. um, So it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it's not necessarily satisfying in the end because you don't really get a a side. You just kind of get the conversation. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, the limitation that AI is going to face. Um, So I could see some of these uh, drawings or creations from some of these being lacking like that human element. Oh, I'm sure. Um,
0: but this um, is this so is anyway. interesting. This this CNN headline is interesting. Chat GPT passes exams from law and business schools. Yeah, dude, yep. that's yep. so great. I can't believe I haven't I haven't heard more about this.
1: Yeah, well, right. now you can go play with it. So yeah, now I'm, I spent now... way too much time talking about what I'm into, so I want to leave the floor to you, so you can tell everyone what are you into.
0: I am into my brand new three piece Gretsch Brooklyn series drum kit that I just. Uh, purchased and was sent on uh, I got it on Wednesday no Tuesday Um, it's sitting right here behind me it's not set up unfortunately Um, yeah so I've been researching drum sets for a while I'm I'm in a dad band that does cover bands uh, with a couple of their dads from the kindergarten class in my kids school and I have my longtime drum kit which is a Yamaha maple custom kit that I've had since 2005. And I've been Mm -hmm. playing that and I love that kit and I'll never get rid of it. But I wanted another, a different setup. Um, So my Yamaha kit is a four piece kit. It's two toms, a bass drum and a floor tom. Uh, And then I've, I already own like four, four snares that I can choose from. So it's a five piece kit, but um, I wanted a different setup, different sizes. Um, So I researched and I was leaning towards just getting just a Tama, which is, you know, a pretty standard drum kit. And I decided, no, I want a Gretsch. Um, I didn't want a Ludwig, but I wanted a USA made kit and um, mm-hmm. Gretsch is made in Ridgeland, South Carolina. I'm a big fan of South Carolina. I went to college in South Carolina and, okay. I, know where, and I know where Ridgeland is. And uh, Sweetwater, shout out to Sweetwater in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, they had one on sale and I bought it and it's um, gorgeous. It's abalone nitro uh, finish. and I like uh, the look. It's really cool. Awesome. I can't wait to play it.
1: You haven't even played
0: it yet. I haven't even played it yet. I'm going to set it up uh, maybe this weekend. I'll set it up this weekend and play it. I need to do uh, some things. I've, like I had to order um, a muffle pillow for the bass drum, which actually came yesterday, so I can put it in there now. I need to cut a hole in the uh, resonant side of the bass drum. And that's pretty much it. I think I have everything else. Tune- I haven't even tuned them up yet. I got to tune them up and... I'll give him a shout. I'll give him a shot this weekend, hopefully. I'll tell you how it goes. Love it. Well, I'm excited <laughs> for you. Are you texting? <laughs> I'm just checking my bets. Of course you are. There's is there even a game tonight? There's always college basketball, Pete. Oh my god. Are you betting on Purdue? Actually. Apparently that's a good thing.
1: Sam Houston State beat Seattle fifty five to forty. So yeah. I'm happy. Oh, good for you! Yeah,
0: happy for you too, yeah. pal.
1: Tell, tells you what type <laughs> of degenerate I am that I'm betting on Sam Houston State. Jesus. So, yeah, we won't go into that.
0: No, we're not kidding. We're not, yeah, well, that'll be for the next pod. So, anyway, yeah, I'm All excited. Right. About, I'm excited about my new drum set.
1: I, I want, Hopefully, I'll see it in person one day.
0: Yes, I hope you do too. All right. All right. Well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on uh, Twitter at BrosPolitics. Get us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. And until then, we'll go to a casino. Good night. Good
1: night.